0: The Addiction Podcast: Point of No Return, brought to you by
1: Narcanon Suncoast.
0: Hello, Jason. Hi, Johnny. We're back again
1: every week, as yep. usual.
0: I want to thank you for bringing Aiden last week. Oh, you're was welcome. Really, was really, really a good story. It's he's a very visceral a, story. He's got a great story to tell, and I think it, I think it, I think it resonated with a lot of people.
1: It resonated with my mom. Yeah, she loved it. That's um, great. I think all parents need to hear what addicts go through. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of parents who have their kids who are addicted, they don't really have any reality of what their kid's going through. No. And what they're dealing with and what they have to do every day to quote unquote survive. Because addicts are surviving. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. By using drugs, they're surviving. Exactly. And so they go through various circumstances in life that the parents either don't know about, could never comprehend or don't understand. Right, And so I think it takes stories from graduates of the program to really um, let people know what it is that an ad goes through so that some families, by having more reality, can better help them.
0: I think you're right. Because I think oftentimes parents think, well, why can't you just stop? Why don't you just stop? What is, what is the big deal? You know, just buck up and stop. And it, it's not that simple when you're addicted.
1: It's not, because once you're addicted, You don't have the power of choice. Right. You can't just stop. You lose that when you become addicted. Like when you first start using drugs, you do have that power of choice to put it down and say, you know what? This is probably something that is very counterproductive to the life I want to live. And so I'm not going to do that anymore. But after you become physically dependent on a drug, you keep taking it so you don't get sick by stopping when you stop taking it. Mm -hmm. Because when you're physically dependent, that means you go through withdrawal if you try to stop. And so you keep using And it becomes like a very ingrained behavior. It's just something that becomes like – it's almost like a circuit. It goes around and around and around. You keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over, even though it's completely crazy. Right. And it doesn't make any sense to like an objective observer. But once you get into that kind of like circuitry of it, it just – you can't just stop. There's nothing like – you need an outside intervention. And what I mean by an outside intervention is something like a rehabilitation center. Right. to like pull you out of that and give you some ways to get out and find out why you even did that in the first place.
0: Right. And so. ideally with a program like Narcanon that has an exact specific technology that is going to get you clean because some rehab programs are not a lot different than parents saying, "Why can't you just stop? Why don't you just stop?" You know, if there's no exact technology on A getting the drugs stopping the drugs, be getting the drugs out of the body, and then ultimately addressing what was the problem for which the drugs were the solution. If you don't have all of those steps in place, it's no different really than me saying to an addict, get your act together and stop taking drugs. There's a, it's no different really.
1: That's true. But I, I, you know, I don't like to knock other modalities too hard because there are people that works for. It. Mm-hmm. There are those people out there that go into other modalities of treatment And they get clean. And, you know, I'm the type of person that I think, you know, whatever it takes, as long as you stop using drugs, as long as you get a causative stance over your life again, and you can kind of flourish and prosper and create all the things in life you want to create. Right. And it's whatever it takes. Now, what I've seen, obviously, is that the Narconon program does work better than others. But that's not to say that others don't work because others do. Um, But, you know, it's just whatever it takes to get someone clean. That's right. Now, right. I guess today today we're...
0: I want to make this... This is going to be a totally controversial podcast. Gonna- this is going to be so <laughs> controversial. I don't know if you're going to get phone calls or emails or what, but I want to talk about marijuana because it's so... It's just everywhere. It's being legalized. And I think there's a big controversy surrounding it. Huge. And it's not I, even,
1: I want to say big. It's, it's enormous.
0: It, it is enormous. In fact, I was talking to a friend yesterday and I said, you know, we're going to talk about marijuana, you know? And people say, oh, marijuana is not a gateway drug. And yet every addict that we've spoken to on this podcast started with marijuana. And the person I was talking to said, well, but that's like saying having one beer is a gateway to alcoholism. Well, to some degree, that's actually true.
1: Because you can't become an alcoholic if you don't drink that first beer.
0: Well, exactly. Now, it is true. Some people will smoke marijuana, and they won't get addicted to heavier drugs. Some people will have a beer and can stop at having that beer. But is marijuana a gateway drug, and does it lead to other drugs, harder drugs? And the answer really to that is yes, because if you look at the beer comment, People don't typically don't go to painkillers from beer, right? Or go to opiates. Opiate is a painkiller, but they don't go to hard drugs from alcohol. Typically, Typic- Al- alcohol is its own thing, kind of.
1: In my experience, typically, in the sequence that people start using drugs, marijuana usually comes first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Alcohol comes second. Mm. Then they start mixing the two together. Interesting. And then once you start, the thing here's this. Once you start using drugs, you start to surround yourself with people that use drugs. So let's say you've got a 14-year-old kid that starts smoking pot, found a couple friends, was at a party, people are passing around a joint or a bong or a blunt or whatever form it comes in. Mm-hmm. They smoke it, they take it, they do whatever with it to ingest it. They like it. And they're like, "This is this is not so bad. And here's the thing. Society today says... Marijuana isn't a big deal. That's the consensus in our society today. Marijuana is not a big deal. When I was a kid, it was a huge deal. Right. It was like, you don't smoke pot. it's a drug. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Fast forward you know, 20 years, we've got a different societal stance on marijuana because you've got a large group of people that state that it's okay, it's natural, it's got all these medicinal properties. It does more good than harm to the physical body. Mm -hmm. and it's not a gateway drug, so, like, all these other people need to, like, shut their mouths about that. Now, with that... Let me just
0: stop you for a second, because when I was... Not so much in high school, but when I was in college, it wasn't a big deal. Really? It wasn't a big deal. There were... Mm -hmm. But also, the marijuana of those days was not the marijuana of today. No, no. Did not have as much THC in it.
1: Completely different.
0: Exactly. So... You know, I was, that was the hippie era. That was when I was young and, and marijuana was pretty commonplace. And yeah, it was illegal and we all knew it was illegal, but it was also illegal to drink if you were underage, but we all did it anyway. Sure. So just anyway. So nowadays it's more commonplace. Now it's
1: way more commonplace. That means more kids are going to try it thinking it's something that's Okay and right. it's socially acceptable and some doctors in some states will prescribe it to you and then there's other states where it's just legal right like uh like colorado, colorado like yep. washington massachusetts now it's completely recreationally legalized and so you've got kids that just take the drug in whatever form they like it and they start surrounding themselves with people that use drugs right and when you surround yourself with people that smoke weed and drink and have that kind of lifestyle you're eventually going to be in a situation where there's someone gonna, that's going to be there that's going to have a different drug.
0: Exactly. Because you're not going to say, "Okay, this party is just for people who do marijuana and nothing else."
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that, somebody's
0: going to show up that's doing painkillers or something else. And that's
1: ex- and that's, you know, that happened with me, and that's happened with mostly every other person I've talked to about the progression of their drug use, how it started and how it transitioned, and every time, almost every time, it's I hung out with kids that smoke pot, so I smoke pot. We'd drink, we'd smoke pot and drink, and then one day there was this guy that was there, and he had cocaine, or he had acid, or he had pills, or he had whatever, and it was like, "Hey, does anyone want any?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" You're, if you if once you start using drugs, in your mind, you've already violated your own personal ethics and morals, right? Because most parents raise their kids to say. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. And exactly. that's it. Exactly. So once you smoke pot, you've already violated that. You've already gone down that road. You've already gone down that road. You've already violated that. So that just makes the next drug not that big of a deal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's that progression of it. And so today, more kids are starting their addictions in a, in a larger quantity than they were before. Because when I was growing up, The first time I smoked pot, I wouldn't go home for a few hours. Because you didn't want them to smell it. No, my parents would have killed me, and I knew that. Right. And all all my friends' parents would have killed them. It wasn't like anything that was like, what I did was so wrong in that moment. I stayed away from my house for a few hours until (laughs) like wore off and I could go home and look at my parents and not have them know that I was completely out of my mind. Right. But now, you've got some parents that use marijuana. Right. In the house with mm-hmm. their kids and have, and have teenage kids. Mm-hmm. And so the, the kids start mirroring what the parents do. If they say, my dad smokes pot when he gets home from work at night. What is the big deal if I do it? Right. And so you have more kids being addicted to harder drugs in our society nowadays than they were years ago because now we've totally decriminalized society, maybe not like on a legal level across the board. But as, on a societal level, we've totally taken all the criminality out of using pot. Right. And so more kids are trying it. Mm-hmm. And then the same exact, you know, progression into addiction happens that happened to me and a bunch of my friends. Right. Is that you start using pot, you start mixing it, you start hanging out with the people that use the drugs and eventually there's a guy that's going to have something else and more than likely you're going to try it.
0: Because, you, because as you say, you've already gone down that road, you've already violated your moral code. It's like, well... It's it's almost like I'm all alri- I'm I'm already as bad as I can be. So how much worse is it going to be if I try heroin or how much worse is it going to be if I try cocaine? It can't be that much worse because I'm already bad.
1: Or how about this? How much worse is it going to be if I take this Percocet? Right. He got it from his doctor. Right. Doctors aren't don't out there to hurt how people. How could that be bad? How could, exactly. that, how could that be bad for you? Exactly. And so We've got our values very twisted up mm-hmm. as far as drugs these days because, I mean, you've got most of the stuff out there as far as drugs go. Most of the things that are legal are stronger than the things that are illegal right? at this point.
0: And let me bring one thing up. I, this is a total side note, but I have to tell you this story. You know, I told you before we got on the air today, threw my back out super bad. Mm-hmm. I'm in Los Angeles. I go see this lovely doctor. He basically says... You know, you have some arthritis in your back. You need to stretch every day. Mm -hmm. And you need to avoid sitting for long periods of time. It's just not good for you. And um, he prescribed steroids, which I took. Now, he also prescribed Norco. Oh. He also prescribed Norco. And I got the prescription for it, right? And I'm like, that was what they gave my daughter-in-law after surgery. Sure. In the hospital. She Mm -hmm. had a C-section. It was not good. She hemorrhaged. It was it was kind of bad, right? But that's what they gave her. I think she took it for a couple of days, and then she didn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I have this prescription. So once I started taking the steroids, it wasn't that bad, and I wasn't going to take it. I, right. did, I said, I'm not going to take it. What do you do with it? Okay. So I used to think, you just flush it down the toilet. No, well, no. now <laughs> you hear No, no, no. You definitely don't do that. Okay. Fair enough. But I get home with it, and I'm... I'm like, what do I do with it? I call the pharmacies. They Mm -hmm. won't take it back. Um, One of them said the police station will take it. I called the police station. She says, yes, we have a box. You can bring it here. No, no, no. The box is full. It's turned to the wall. You can't put it in there. So now they're like, okay, well, you can take it to the hospital. I've now spent way too long just trying to figure out how to safely get rid of these heavy-duty painkillers that I now have in my possession,
1: and you probably did more footwork than anyone else would do because most other people will just put it in their medicine cabinet and forget about it.
0: Well, yeah, I definitely wasn't going to do that. So I will tell you what I did, and those of you out there can judge me or whatever. I I broke it up with a hammer, and I put it in coffee. Now, they had said put it in used coffee grounds. Well, I didn't have any used ones. So I put it in a bag of coffee that was in my freezer that I'm never going to use because it was some kind of coffee that somebody gave me, and I don't even like it. Threw it away. There you go. Because, you know, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I now have a heavy, heavy-duty painkiller that I'm not going to take, and I don't want anybody else to take it. You I know? just
1: have this amazing mental image of you... <laughs> Banging apart Vicodin <laughs> pills with a hammer.
0: Well, these weren't Vicodin. These were Norco. <laughs> that's Vicodin. Yeah, that's Vicodin. Same thing. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, you know, the, you know those hammers that you get to break up meat.
1: Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> a tenderizer. <laughs> yeah, you use it with that's. Re- <laughs> that's what
0: I did that's on really my cutting funny. board. You know, Ay-ay-ay-ay. and I just turned it into powder. Put it in the coffee. Y'all don't know where I live, so you can't find it because my garbage has already been picked up, so it's all long gone. But that's you know, it's funny. like.
1: Well, one thing you can get—I mean, while we're on this side note—you you can get yep. medication deactivator kits, and it's a—it's a pouch. Okay. You cut open the pouch, you put the, the drugs in intact. Um, you fill it with hot water, seal it up, shake it, and totally deactivates the drugs and turns it into some biodegradable form. The whole thing biodegrades. And so really? You just throw it in your garbage.
0: Where do you get something like that?
1: Online, I'd have to find the uh, website. I don't remember it offhand. Okay. But on the next podcast. I'll give you guys the website where you can get the uh, medication deactivator kits.
0: Yeah, give me that because, you know, you know, sometimes we have like antibiotics and I'm I'm usually pretty good if I have to take antibiotics, I will complete them. But sometimes my husband will take it for a couple of days and then quit. Okay, so then we have a bunch of antibiotics that we need to do something with. Same thing, so. you do the same thing. Yeah.
1: So back to marijuana.
0: Okay, back to, sorry for that little <laughs> side trip. But I was just, you know, you'd think in this society that it would be, there would be more opportunity to get rid of a prescription like that especially with
1: the opiate epidemic the way it is (sighs) yeah so so what i was saying before about marijuana is that societally we've decriminalized it we've taken a drug that was considered a drug that was completely illegal you shouldn't do it parents told their kids not to do it and now we've got a whole society of people that are exclaiming the benefits. Of using marijuana.
0: And what are those benefits? Tell me the benefits of using marijuana.
1: I, I mean, that what I've been told is it's an anti. it can be anti-inflammatory or it could oh, that's help right. with pain. Uh, it's an. Some people say that there's uh, evidence to suggest it helps with cancer. That's right. All those things. Where I'm at with it, I'm not saying there are no medicinal benefits. There may be.
0: Well, and my, I mean, there and might my, be. And my friend said she'd applied for a card. You can get a card in the state of Florida to be able to have medical yeah. marijuana because she has real issues with rheumatoid arthritis. And so I said, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making it legally recreationally.
1: Right. Recreationally, it's already been a problem since Colorado. Made it made it completely legal. Yeah. To the point where, like, you can walk down this street and walk into a pot shop, like you'd walk into a liquor store, you'd walk into any store and buy buy pot in a variety of ways. And we've gotten to the point where we have the most super potent substances in relation to marijuana. So, what we're the kind of society that you we can have (laughs) we can have a thing. And as itself, it's not good enough because we need to make it stronger, faster, bigger, stronger, or whatever. It's like the American. It's like the American way. We right. can't just leave well enough alone. We gotta make a way to make it. We have to find a way to make it stronger and make it faster, make it bigger, make it you know whatever. And so, quote unquote, better. Pot, apparently, the pot that was around for years and years and years wasn't good enough, so we did. We developed hydroponics, right? To To make uh, more potent plants. Right. And then we took those potent plants. And made them with other potent plants. To make even more potent plants. And we've gotten to the point. Where we've increased the THC levels. In in the buds of marijuana. Mm -hmm. You know. Back in the day, you might have had like you know, 30, 40%, maybe 50% THC. Right. Now we're like 60, 70, 80, 90 Right. And then. And
0: that's the active.
1: That's the active. Psych- thing. So the psychoactive ingredient in right. marijuana, the one that gets you high, is called THC. Okay. Uh, which stands for tetrahydrocannabinol, cannabidiol. That's it. And so we've also got other substances derived from marijuana that are being sold in all these shops. You know, we've got something called DABs which is, it's a wax. They call it BHO. It's butane hash oil. It's a concentrated form of THC. So they took the plant matter all out of it and took the THC, extracted it from the plants and made it into this waxy substance that you can smoke through a, spe- you know, a certain kind of pipe. I've never seen this. And this stuff is like 95% pure THC. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. You know, we've got all these different ways to to intake and ingest very, very, very high levels of THC. Back in the day, you never got that much. Right Now you can dose yourself with the most astronomical amounts of THC. And what they're actually seeing is that THC in high doses actually is addictive.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So the argu- Hello, everybody out there. The
1: argument used to be, Marijuana is it's not not, it's addictive. not addictive, right? And you know what? In low doses, THC isn't that addictive, right? But now we're we're way past the compressed brown brick weed uh, that I, you know I grew up smoking. We're at, we're at the point where you can get smokable you know, marijuana buds that are extremely potent, right. Comparatively, you can take little gummy bears that have seven doses of THC in it. You've got you've got this butane hash oil. You've got all sorts of edibles. They've now the last thing I saw them create was this clear crystalline substance. It almost looks like meth, mm-hmm. and it's like ninety nine percent THC. Wow! Like there there there's no good reason to make something like that. Like why? When would that ever be necessary? Because THC in very high doses also is considered a hallucinogen. Right. It's a hallucinogenic drug. And also, you know, people with underlying mental illness or whatever they got going on, THC will exacerbate whatever they have happening and make them absolutely bat nuts crazy. That's right. And, you know, from Colorado, we have people called drug tourists that, dra- that travel to Colorado for the weed. Right. So drug tourism is this new industry where you can like hire, <laughs> you can hire a tour company to take you around to all the different places to smoke pot and use weed and do all this stuff. Um, Hotel stays are included. It's like this whole package deals. It's like booking a cruise. Wow. And they have this whole drug tourism trade that people will go out to Colorado and other states that have recreational legalized marijuana and go partake as much as they want. Wow. Now, back to what I said before, we've got THC being considered now. It's addictive in high doses. It Mm -hmm. absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Because in very, very high doses... It also mimics the effects of opiates for some people. Okay. And, you know, you've got, you've got all these addictive properties and high doses of THC that now at Narcanon we've got more calls than ever with people calling and saying, I'm addicted to marijuana. The wow. first time that happened, okay, wait, the first time that happened, I went like this. Hello, thank you for calling Narcanon Suncoast. How can I help you? Oh, I'm so-and-so. I, I need to go, come to rehab. Okay, what are you using? marijuana and I went like this (laughs) and I I just I had dialed that back because I'd never heard someone do that right this was and this was about two years ago and then it kept happening and it kept happening kept happening and all of a sudden I'm looking at all these calls and I was thinking to myself we're starting to actually get people that have destroyed their lives just the same as a heroin addict or a cocaine addict would or a meth addict would and their drug of choice is marijuana.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: That's where that's, we're at. That,
0: that blows my mind.
1: Yeah, that's where we're at with so it. So
0: not only is it a gateway drug, it is addictive in itself.
1: I had to take out of my vocabulary, I had to, I even speak. I had to take out of my vocabulary, okay, so you're just on pot. Right. I had to take that out because, right.
0: because ju- it's no
1: longer a just on pot thing. It's like, right. yeah, I'm on marijuana, it ruined my life. That's what I'm getting because yeah, that
0: would be like saying you're just on heroin. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh,
1: you're just on heroin? Yeah, it's like it's, but I'm not saying pot is necessarily as deadly or as bad or anything as heroin, but it's addictive, but it's 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 it's, it's extremely, extremely addictive, yeah, to the point where people are experiencing all the trials and tribulations and negative effects of addiction, and their drug of choice is marijuana. Wow, now. It's it's abs- I don't know. It I'd, just it I'd, blow. It just blows my mind because I never thought that we would get to this point. Yeah. But I saw it happening. You know, as soon as when mar- when marijuana got legalized medicinally in Colorado, uh, the medicinal shops popped up everywhere. Right. And you know, you, it was not hard to get a card to go get pot. All you had to do is like you know spend one hundred twenty five dollars. Go see the doctor, quote unquote. Right. Go, go to the it's doctor. It's almost like a pain
0: pill. It's like a, a, it a, a it pill mill exactly. kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Same kind of thing.
1: And so it was so easy to get. And I saw all the edibles start being created as other ways to consume marijuana. If, like, you know, the person who had the medical card couldn't smoke it, there's all these other ways you can take it in. Right. And uh, I saw these edibles popping up. And I was like, I think these edibles are going to turn into a problem. Right. Because an edible, for instance, let me give an example. They have a chocolate bar. Most people see a chocolate bar and that is a single serving that entire bar you're going to eat that and that's it and people will start doing that with with the uh, THC edibles and they start overdosing on THC cuz there's because too much of it in the chocolate bar Let's say you have a candy bar. bar. Let's say there's a, cho- a regular sized chocolate Hershey bar. Yeah,
0: yeah, or whatever. Or
1: like, right. People aren't going to assume that's multiple doses.
0: Right. They're going to think they can eat the whole bar. Think you just
1: eat the candy bar. Right. But in Can't actuality, that. That, that same candy bar like has four different doses. doses. You're supposed to break a square off and eat it. And even that one square has an astronomical amount of THC in it. So you have people that were completely overdosing on THC. Like overdose happens on THC and people don't really realize that. It's not the same as a heroin overdose where you're going like, to die if you're not revived or you're someone uses Narcan to Well, AD. what
0: happens if you overdose on THC?
1: Most of what happens is major paranoia... Panic, anxiety, uh, heart palpitations, cold sweats, and uh, there's a whole list of things that happen, but they're all like psychological okay. effects. And once the psychological effects turn on, they kick on the physical effects. Okay. So once things start getting weird in your mind, then
0: your heart can your start heart worrying. starts pounding. Yeah.
1: You start getting into panic mode. Yeah. You start cold sweating, and a lot of it turns into like delirium. And things that you would ordinarily put someone in a psychiatric ward for.
0: So even if maybe the the overdose doesn't kill you, you could then go take actions that might, in fact, jeopardize your life and the lives of others as a result of the overdose. Right, like a
1: person panicking who's taking who's taking way too much THC could try jump, to get in their car or and jump out and a window
0: and, or whatever. Yeah, jump
1: out or. Yeah maybe oh, i have to jump in a pool and, and then something happens and they drown right or i have to get my car and take myself to the hospital um and they just crash into something and who knows who might they might harm out there right. in a car there's right. a variety of things that can happen as a, as a result of a thc overdose that the circumstances will kill the person but it's not the drug that's what i'm saying not the drugs not yeah. going to kill them yeah and marijuana gets this other you know point, there's a lot of brownie point by society with with no one's ever died from marijuana.
0: But okay, marijuana-related deaths. Right. That's what they the don't track. Circumstances
1: that happen under the influence of marijuana have killed many people.
0: I don't want to drive on the road with somebody next to me who's been smoking. I right. don't want to do that.
1: The drug is not going to kill you. Like, heroin will kill you. Right. Fentanyl will kill you. Right. Heroin itself, I mean, marijuana itself is not going to kill you, but the circumstances around you, they're going to kill you.
0: But okay. driving overdosed with marijuana is no different than driving overdosed with alcohol. And yet, if you're caught with a DUI...
1: And you can get a DUI if you're caught driving under the influence okay. of marijuana. But
0: it's just as dangerous, is my point.
1: It's Driving impaired is dangerous, right. no matter what it is. Even right. if it's a medication that was given to you by your doctor. Exactly. If it changes your mind enough to where you're inebriated or you're noticeably under the influence of something, you shouldn't drive at all. Exactly. And, and you know... I forgot where I was going. I just lost my train. Just like that, I lost my train of thought. Where I was going with this is that overdoses on THC are happening. And emergency room admit admissions have skyrocketed with uh, THC-related admissions Interesting. You know, th- throughout this whole process of legalizing marijuana is that even emergency rooms are seeing spikes in the amount of people coming in thinking they're dying, thinking something's drastically wrong and all these different things are going on and a lot of them are completely psychotic and they do all their tests and it comes down to they have taken way too much THC. Right. And, you know, we've ta- we've gotten to the point now where you can take a- THC in any form in a very clandestine fashion.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: before it's like yeah, you could smoke it. That's what you did. You smoke it or you ate a brownie and that was it. Now there's all these different ways where you can very sneakily take it and no one's going to notice unless you get like way too high and people are like, what's wrong with you? Right. So you've got kids that get a hold of these little gummy bears and they take it to school and no one's assuming that these kids over here eating gummy bears are actually getting stoned. And wow. so you've got just the availability of not only marijuana itself, but in it, it in it, Marijuana in all its forms are completely widely available. You don't need to be in a state that has them legalized to get them in your state because they're trafficked right. out of the states where they're legal.
0: Right. Well, it used to be Florida was number one for pill mills where people would go and get painkillers. Mm-hmm. Now you now we could coin the phrase pot mills. And if you can get it in Colorado, you simply go and get it and stick it in your carry-on and come back. I mean, is anybody going to find a gummy bear that you have in your carry-on luggage on a plane? I'm thinking no. Now or the, put it even in your regular suitcase, Nobody's right? Gonna
1: find it. I mean, there's very easy ways to transport the stuff, and so the all the edible, I, I keep using Colorado as, as an example. So well, the first, well, yeah. the first state to completely recreationally legalize marijuana,
0: yep.
1: And all the horror stories surrounding it seem to be coming from Colorado. That's right. And so I all. It's not a coincidence. It's I mean, not it's a, like a. It's a no
0: brainer. Definitely not
1: a coincidence. But all those edibles and all those the dabs and the wax and you know the butane hash oil, all the strong uh, marijuana buds, all that stuff has made it way into all fifty states. Right, of I mean that's that's the way it is. Of course, and so people out there might think, oh well, good thing I don't live in Colorado because now my kids don't have access to it. You're wrong because your kids do have access to it because that stuff is shipped all over the country. These people go there, take a bunch out, they stick it in their wherever in their car to hide it in case they get pulled over, and. I'm sure thousands upon thousands of people each week go to Colorado, buy a whole bunch of stuff, and transport it back to wherever they're going. So the little gummy bear, you know, the THC gummies in Colorado are now, you know, a week later, now in Maine
0: or in Florida or in Florida or
1: wherever. And so I don't like fighting those people that just say, well, marijuana should be legal. Because it's beneficial and all this stuff and it's been suppressed for so many years and there's no there's no right being le- illegalized and all this stuff. And it's like, look, it's a drug just like anything else these days. Right. And alcohol is too. I mean, don't get me wrong. there. I mean, alcohol has created tons of damage mm-hmm. in society. And I, I'm pretty sure alcohol caused damages in all the ancient cultures too i mean that's alcohol right. has always been a problem in societies so there's always yeah. been the subset of people in each culture that alcohol has been a problem for right. and so one of the biggest you know arguments is that why would pot not be legal but alcohol is exactly i don't think that's like a fair comparison because honestly alcohol probably shouldn't be legal <laughs> because, I mean I, oh boy, we're really getting controversial here. It's not I'm saying controversial, but it's like okay, that's not an argument i mean it's it's illegal because at some point our society saw it as something that was harmful to the you know the the uh the viability and the the survival of our culture in right. our society right. and so we made it illegal um now that we've gotten to this point where we've got all these people that proclaim all the wonders of marijuana and now we're at a point where states are popping up every year they're legalizing it that's right i mean i grew up in massachusetts and now it's completely legal there wow i can't imagine what's going on there but i could imagine that's going to be a very identical scene to washington and colorado that's right and you know other states where they're legalizing it and so you would think that in the midst of a major opiate crisis we would be doing more work towards eradicating the problem of drug use instead of just legalizing other drugs and making them widely available in certain states you think we'd be going the opposite direction with this exactly you think we'd be trying to get you know get rid of all this stuff right and it's not where we're going and it's it's actually kind of freakish to to watch Mm -hmm. because you know, you've got the opiate crisis getting worse and worse and worse every day, and I'm sorry to say, it is getting worse. It, it is getting worse. It's not getting better. Was
0: the guy Lincoln Park, the lead singer of Lincoln Park, Chester
1: Bennington? But he—that was a suicide, right? And he had a major—he had a history of drug problems, and heroin was a drug that he was addicted to, and so. You know, it's it's incredible where our society is headed, and it if, it kind of freaks me out to think about if things stay on this track. Where are we going to be in 15, 20 years? Like, where is this all going to go? Like, what's the what's the end result of this?
0: I don't know, but every, there's going to be need to be an Arcanon in every single city because it's going to be necessary. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's getting you know?
1: it's getting crazy. Yeah, and you know, I'm a type of person that wants to find a solution to drug abuse. Period. They crossed yeah. the board no matter what drug you're addicted to. Right. And I don't really think that we need to be in the middle of this huge push for legalizing pot while we while we've got this whole opiate problem happening. Right. But I did figure out in my mind something that would be a solution from for me. Okay. Would make me happier. Okay. So one of the one of the arguments about legalizing pot is the revenues that bring the tax revenues it brings in. The tax dollars they are raked in from the sell, sale sale of, of retail pot, and how the states are benefiting from that inflow of money. What I think it's like, okay, look, if you're going to legalize marijuana, you, you should put some of that money those those tax dollars. You should put that towards funding rehab rehab for all the people that are addicted to heroin and possibly all the people that are going to be addicted to pot. Right. They should put some of a a lot of that money, in my opinion, into treating addiction in in those States. Like you've got States like Ohio that, I mean the death rate from opiate use is insane. It's the highest in the nation. Yep. You know, if, if like if Ohio were to, you know, legalize marijuana, I would hope that they would put that money Towards treating all the its, it's uh it's citizens who are completely addicted to opiates or completely addicted to pot or whatever drug they're addicted to.
0: Well, and here's the other thing: why not double or triple the sales tax on marijuana?
1: If they're gonna, if they're absolutely like, if, if the sales
0: gonna... tax on regular retail items is seven percent, why not at least double it to fifteen percent? I know that's not two times seven, but at least double it to fifteen percent, and maybe even further, and make it a twenty-five percent tax sales tax on marijuana. Yeah, and then, like you say. Take the excess from the seven percent and put it into rehab. Good rehab programs like Narcanon that actually get a you know, get a great result.
1: That's the only good I could see coming.
0: I think from- I think that's a good I think that's a good idea. I did print off. I did print off the short term effects and the long term effects of marijuana.
1: Okay.
0: Now some of these are a bit controversial and people will disagree with them, but I thought we would go over them. Short term effects, short term memory problems. Oh yeah. Okay, now that's, I, you know, that's not something that I want to experience because I already have the thing where I walk to the other end of the house and can't remember why. Severe anxiety, including fear that one is being watched or followed, basically paranoia. Very strange behavior, seeing, hearing, or smelling things that aren't there, Hallucen- not being able to tell imagination from reality. It's hallucinations. Known as psychosis, yes. Panic, hallucinations, loss of sense of personal identity. Okay, guys, those of you listening... If you really want to lose your personal identity, go for it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's really not a good thing to do. Uh, Lowered reaction time. Mm -hmm. Those of you out there operating a car. Increased heart rate. Risk of heart attack. Mm -hmm. That's what we were talking about. So there is a risk of heart attack there. Increased risk of stroke. Okay? Problems with coordination. Impairing safe driving or playing sports. Remember, Iden was talking about that. How he injured himself. You know, being high. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, sexual problems for males. Up to seven times more likely to contract sexually transmitted infections than non-users. That's for females. So those are short-term effects. Long-term effects. Decline in IQ. Up to eight points if prolonged use started in adolescent age. So there are teens. If you would like to be stupider, go for it. Poor school performance and higher chance of dropping out. Impaired thinking and ability to learn and perform complex tasks. Lower life satisfaction. Hmm. Interesting. Addiction. About 9% of adults and 17% of people who started smoking as teens. And that's probably higher with the increased THC. Absolutely. I don't remember the date of these. Potential development of opiate abuse. Well, Mm -hmm. that we already know. Relationship problems. Intimate partner violence. Interesting. Antisocial behavior, including stealing money or lying. Well, we already know that happens with addiction. Financial difficulties, increased welfare dependence, greater chances of being unemployed or not getting good jobs. So I don't know.
1: It's a drug just like any other drug.
0: You know, yeah. And when I was young and, you know, it was kind of the hippie era and there was marijuana and and that was when LSD had its renaissance, if you will, because of that weirdo psychologist who brought it back. I can't remember his name now. Somewhere I read, okay, you know, if you take LSD, you can, you know, you can have babies with birth defects. Right. Or there was some other weird long-term effect. I don't know. I thought to myself, why would I want to do that? Okay? Why would I want to cause that effect on my body, Mm -hmm. potentially on my children? And why would I want to hallucinate? I, I couldn't quite get...
1: Well why i
0: would want to do that you know
1: open your mind man
0: yeah well no that didn't quite (laughs) you know the people that i talked to whose mind was open were people i definitely did not aspire to be like you know so it's like okay a feeling of euphoria i get that Mm -hmm. do you know sometimes in life things can get a little tough we can have difficulties with the job or with the money or whatever Feeling of euphoria, okay, I can sort of relate to why that might be desirable. Desirable, You know, glass of wine will do it. But hallucinating, I don't think so. You know, a drop in IQ, I don't think so. The inability to do regular tasks like drive the car or operate machinery, I don't think so. I, I don't want something like that. But there's you know? a lot
1: of people that do. And like that- there's the, there's something there's something alluring about there's something alluring to somebody about every drug. That I makes, guess so. Every drug is going to have its fans and have the people that don't like it, and every drug is going to have a different allure to different people. And so there are some people that totally just want to like escape reality completely. And and LSD is a drug that will completely remove you from reality. And with the promise, um, it's probably a false promise of spiritual enhancement.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would say it's probably, it's definitely a false, false promise because it's chemically induced and that enhancement goes away and then it becomes much worse. But I think that, and I think you're right because I think that for people who are, have lived through tough situations, or had rough childhood, not being able to remember all the details might seem like a desirable thing. Sure, just forget um, I mean,
1: drugs do one, do one thing for everybody, but for everyone it's a little bit different, yep. and that's it solves some sort of problem. And some people, you're right, do. Some yep. people have traumas in their past. Some people have awful things that are recorded in their minds.
0: That's right, that's right. That
1: they cannot deal with And they find that drugs will allow them to somehow press on in life and be able to like put that you know back somewhere where they don't have to have a ton of attention on it all the time.
0: The thing is, the solution though gets out of control.
1: The solution, well, the solution to the to the problem becomes a problem. Exactly. That's where drug abuse ends up. Is that? Drugs are a solution to a problem, but that solution then turns into the biggest problem that person has.
0: That's right. Because even if something really horrible happened to you in your childhood, it can't kill you, what happened to you in your childhood. That's true. Yes, it can cause extreme emotional distress if you have to remember it sure. and you know and relive it, but the fact of doing that will not kill you. But if you become addicted to drugs... That will kill you. That will kill you.
1: Right. And so we're at a point Where people just have to realize that drugs are not the optimum solution to your problems. That's right. There are many different ways you can go about handling your problems and dealing with your problems. But at the end of the day, that's what you have to do. Because when you use drugs, all those problems that you're trying to medicate away are still there. They didn't go away. Completely unhandled, not dealt with. You just got to escape from them for a little while. And when that drug wears off, they're still gonna be there. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I can't draw an analogy right now. It's just, you know, people need to stop seeing drugs as as a solution. Right. Because they're not a solution. Right. And you know, it took me having to go through all the nightmares that I dealt with as far as my addiction go. To come out the other side and realize that. Yeah. I want people to realize that without having to go through what I went through. Right. Or without without having to go through what Iden went through or what you know countless other acts have gone through. Yep. Like I feel like other people in society should learn from our, learn from my mistakes. Right. Let me have learned that lesson for you. Right. And let me impart this knowledge upon you so you don't have to do that. So when you have a really, really crap day. And, you know, coming home and smoking a joint and popping a pill sounds really just like amazing because your your boss is real, you know, bossy and, you know, <laughs> your, your wife or your husband is just naggy and you've got all these things going on and you just don't want to deal with anything. Realize that that choice right there could turn out to be an epic problem in the future. Right. And that's not going to solve your problems.
0: That's right. That's right, and that and that brings us back to why we do this podcast: is to hopefully tell enough of these stories so that parents and loved ones will listen and go, "Wow, there is hope. I can actually help my loved one, and there are people there who are willing to help. People like Jason, like me. people like Iden. people like Cesara, people like you, people like Derek, like, people like, like me. People like exactly you. that we're willing to help you guys with that. You don't, you're not alone." And we can help you do that. And also if there are addicts that listen to this, you don't need to let it get back get that bad. Because I can tell you that when you whatever problems it is that you think are so unconfrontable in your life, once you get off the drugs, once you go through the sauna, and once you do the objective exercises. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more confrontable. I can guarantee it. And you have people there at Narcanon who have been through it. Yeah,
1: life's going to get easier. And understand it. And life
0: is going to get so much easier for you to be able to handle. It'll happen.
1: And I speak from experience in that when you're addicted, there's nothing worse than actually admitting to someone that you've got some epic problems going on right and you know people before i ever told my parents and like reached out for help people were like you should do something you should ask for help they're probably going to help you there's so much shame and guilt that goes into that right. but i have to tell any addict that's listening is that reach out for help before you don't have an option to do that amr right most people's families out there will drop everything to help them that's right if they have this problem that's right and nowadays if a child were to go to their parents and say I have a drug problem we're at the t- we're at a point in society where it's not that shocking that's that that I, happens shouldn't be anyway. it's not that shocking because it, it happens so often and more parents more often than not are going to help right and so it's like reach out there's help available and don't let it get too bad because if you let it get too too far you might be dead
0: that's right and if you can't reach out to your family for whatever reason they can reach out directly to Narkin on Suncoast. That's right. They can directly pick up the phone and call you. They can go on the website and they can start talking to Cicera on the chat
1: mm-hmm.
0: because you guys are there to help, you know? And if it's, if it's a thing where they know that their parents are going to go so ballistic and they're just afraid to do that, then they should just reach out to you directly. That's and right. And the phone number is 877-339-3324.
1: There it is. So?
0: That's what people should do. That's should. the whole idea. Marijuana is addictive. There you go. There's a controversial message for the week. I think we thoroughly covered that. thoroughly put that there. Thoroughly covered that. And so feel free to give us your opinion if you don't agree. And again, we're not saying that medical marijuana in certain cases is bad and shouldn't be done. But recreationally, not a good plan. Just look at Colorado.
1: Oh, man. They're just a poster child for things not to do.
0: Yes, they are.
1: But that's okay. You know, we'll turn this thing around. That's right. It's just you know one step at a time and we'll talk again next week. Yes, we will. And we'll keep uh, trying to prevent drug addictions. That's essentially what, what I want to do is prevent the problem from ever occurring. So. Exactly. Until next week, Johnny.
0: We'll talk again. All right. Bye-bye.